This morning's scripture reading will be from Revelations chapter 20, verse 14 and 15. Again, that is Revelations chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Good morning and welcome again. We're so glad that you're here today. If you're visiting, as always, we invite you to come back. We're grateful that you've chosen to come today. We've got a lot of our own members that are traveling this week. I know it's spring break. Some are coming back in town. But we hope and pray that all have had a safe travel. If you're on the road today, if you're going to be on the road, we pray that you too will reach your destination safely. We're going to be thinking in just a moment about what was read just a moment ago in Revelation chapter 20 at verses 14 and 15 as it relates to the second death. Before doing so, I do want to just make mention very quickly that I know for the last several weeks I had made mention of the fact that GBN had said that they were going to be putting Counterpoint on nationwide television, on Dish and Direct, and they have signed that contract, and our first air date will be April the 5th at 6 p.m. I want to express appreciation to each of you that have given. I appreciate so much your generosity. I appreciate the elders of this church. I said last Sunday night that I took a check from this congregation to GBN for $35,000. That would not have been possible without you. And so I I want you to know how much I appreciate your generosity and hopefully and prayerfully this program will make a difference. Today in our study I want to give you what I believe to be three candid reasons why no one wants to go to hell. There are obviously a number of reasons why no one should want to go to hell. But there are three that I think all of us ought to consider. I want to preface this lesson by saying that God in heaven desires that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth in 1 Timothy chapter 2 at verse 4. The Bible tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. So I want you to understand right up front that God is interested in you personally. So much so that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. God has made it absolutely possible for you whatever your state may be, to be saved from sin. The words of Jesus continue to ring true. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. The promise is, I will give you rest. So God wants us to be saved. Sadly, there will be many who will be lost. Those who are lost will be lost because of sin. Sin is what separates us from God. And so, I want us to think for just a moment or two about three reasons why no one wants to go to hell. First of all, I want to submit to you that there will be no happiness in hell. Think about the world in which we live. 
There is always the possibility for happiness, isn't there? There are a number of things that make us happy in life. One of the things that makes many of us happy are the great associations that we've made. Friends and family members, people that have made our lives rich because of the relationships that we have forged. Those of you that are parents, you understand the blessings associated with having children. With having children who are truly bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh. Those of you that are married, you understand the blessings of having a helpmeet. Somebody that makes your life richer on a daily basis. And then there are those things that we acquire in life. Many of us have been blessed materially. And I'm not saying that material things can make us fully satisfied in life, but I understand that they can make life better. And there are things that we take pleasure in. We enjoy the things that God has blessed us with in this life. You remember in Luke chapter 12, Jesus told a parable about a rich farmer whose business was booming. So much so that he said, I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And he said, then I will enjoy my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to myself, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So we can enjoy the things that we accumulate in this life, understanding that we can't take them with us. And then there are those achievements in life. Things that we have done that leave us with the feeling that we've made a mark in life. That we've done something for which we could or to which we could be proud of. There are a lot of things that no doubt you've done in your life. You've been a major influence in the lives of others. Maybe you have made great contributions in some realm in this life and if that be the case that's great and it can bring a lot of satisfaction a lot of happiness so in this life we can find happiness but in hell there will be no happiness I want to submit to you there will be no laughter in hell I know that for many when we talk about hell it is a punchline for a joke. Let me tell you what, hell is no joking matter. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13, verse 50, that in hell there will be wailing, weeping, and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. Doesn't sound like it's going to be a place where people laugh and cut up and have a big time. Not going to happen. Not only will there be no laughter, in hell the Bible tells us there will be no light first I want you to think about the fact that you will be if you go to hell you'll be banished from the light of God's presence forevermore furthermore you will be in a place that Jesus describes as outer darkness in Matthew chapter 25 verse 30 Imagine being in a place where there's no laughter, there's no light, and there's no life. The passage read a moment ago describes hell as, a, as the second death. It is a place where people live but never die. They die and never live. 
Can you imagine being in a place where your quality of life is intense misery? I can't begin to put into human words how bad hell will be. It'll be bad because there's no laughter, there's no light, there's no life. Those of us who are in Christ, we enjoy the quality of life defined as eternal. According to 1 John chapter 2, verse 25, in hell, won't be the case. There's a second reason why no one should ever want to go to hell. And that is because there will be no help in hell. In this life, you have the opportunity for spiritual help. You can get that help as long as you live here upon planet Earth. Once you step out into eternity, your fate is sealed. There are no second chances in hell. There are no, as we say, do-overs. It doesn't work that way. Now, in this life, you may have spiritual problems. Let me tell you what. You can have help. You can have it today. First, you can enjoy pardon from God. Did you know that the Bible is an open invitation to every person to become a child of God? Jesus himself said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. To know that we can have the opportunity for life to know that we can have the assurance that all of our sins can be washed away. John wrote in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his own blood. You can avail yourself of the cleansing blood of Christ by obeying the gospel. On Pentecost Day, when multitudes of people heard the gospel in the city of Jerusalem, many of whom were pricked in their hearts, they cried out unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, and they asked the question, What shall we do? And here's what Peter said, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. That is, so your sins can be forgiven. Paul said he was instructed by Ananias to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins. You have that opportunity today. It may be your only opportunity. I don't know. Secondly, you have the opportunity to enjoy peace that only God can give. You may not have any kind of peace in your life. You may have enormous guilt, and you're living with that guilt day in and day out. You know you're doing wrong, but you, can, you continue to live that way. You don't have to. The Bible tells us that we can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Paul said that it is the peace that passes all understanding. There's no premium you can put on the peace that comes from Almighty God. You can have that peace today. And then there's a third thing you can enjoy. And that is, you can be blessed with the privilege of prayer to Almighty God. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, His ears are open unto their prayers. If you have heartaches and sorrows in life, if there are things that bother you, you can go to Almighty God in prayer and you have the assurance that He hears your prayers and that He answers them according to His will. That's a tremendous blessing. And then there's another thing. You can enjoy the presence of God in your life. 
Can you imagine living day in, day out without God in your life? There are a lot of people that do that. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, The Lord is at hand. The Hebrew writer said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. What shall man do unto me? The bottom line is, if you're a child of God, you have help. You have help for the problem of sin. You have help when the problems of life encroach you. You have so many blessings. But in hell, there won't be any help. There won't be any help for your pain. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, that in heaven, there will be no more pain. Not so in hell. The Bible says hell will be a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Imagine the intensity of pain, the level of which you have never even begun to fathom in this life. I want you to think about it this way. The worst day of your life, whatever that day may have been, up until this point in time in history, the worst day you've ever had will not even be a distant second to your first day in hell. I want you to understand the pain of hell. There will be no help for it. A place where there is weeping and wailing and the gnashing of teeth. Not only will there be no, no help for your pain, there'll be no help when it comes to peace. You see, in this life, you can have peace and you can have the peace that passes all understanding. When you get to that place called hell, there's no peace. Just pain and misery and anguish. Think about in Luke 16, the narration of Jesus when he discussed the deaths of the rich man and Lazarus. The Bible tells us that Lazarus went to a place of comfort. The rich man, however, lifted up his eyes in torment. He cried out to Father Abraham for mercy. He asked that he send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool his tongue. And the reason he said, because I'm tormented in this flame. Let me tell you what, there was no peace, just constant pain. There's something else you need to think about. There won't be any answered pleas in hell. In this life, as a child of God, you have the right, the privilege, the opportunity to go before the throne of God and you can lay before Him whatever your needs may be. You can ask Him for help in time of need. And God will answer those prayers. There may be a lot of folks in hell one day who will cry out to God for mercy just as the rich man did. And I can just imagine people crying out in anguish to God to please listen to them, to please have mercy on them, to please deliver them from this place of darkness. And you know what the answer is going to be? There'll be no answer. Not ever. Try to wrap your mind around that. You can cry and cry 
and cry out to God, He'll never answer you. If that doesn't get your attention, it ought to. There's a third thing you need to think about. Not only will there be no happiness in hell, no help in hell, there'll be no hope in hell. You need to think about life for a minute. You see, in this life, as long as you're in this body, there's hope. Now, you may be saying to yourself right now, you know what, you don't understand how deep my life is in sin. You don't understand what kind of wreck my life is in. There's no way God would ever give me a second chance. Let me tell you what, as long as there's life, there's opportunity for a better life. There are a lot of people today, they would love to have a new start, a new beginning, a new life. You can have that in Christ. You can have it today. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You can start over. We talk about a new life. Not only does God afford us the opportunity for a new life, He affords us the opportunity for a better life. If you're living in sin, you may think you're having fun. And let me tell you what, maybe you are. I'll grant there are a lot of things that are fun out there in the world. And you can have a ball every day, but let me tell you what, the bus is going to stop one day and you're going to get off. When you step off that bus into eternity, all the fun, all the games, they're over. The bars, they're closed for good. That alcohol you like, it's over with. The cigarettes, no more. All the things that you enjoy, look, they're gone forever. You can have a better life. You can have better days. You know, there are people in our world today, what keeps them going is the thought of a better day. Solomon wrote many years ago, who knows what a day may bring forth. Today may be bad, but you know what? Tomorrow may be better. You got that hope, don't you? You got the hope of a better, a better life, better days, and a better place. You see, as long as we're living in this world, we are transitory. And we're living for something that, that's far better, aren't we? We're living for heaven. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven, whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of us who are living here on planet Earth who are children of God, we understand, look, life may be gloomy. We may have setbacks and trials and tribulations and sorrows and all these things that weigh heavily upon our hearts and minds. But there's a better day coming. Better place coming. Better life coming. It's called heaven. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Did you know Peter said that this place we're talking about is undefiled, incorruptible, it fades not away, and it's reserved in heaven for you? Have you made your reservations? Does God have, does God have you in His book of life? 
Could he open that book of life today and say, got your name right here. I see your reservations. Could God say that to you? Here's the flip side. In hell, there's no hope. The Bible says that those who live outside of Christ, they are without hope and without God in this world. The only difference maker is Jesus. In Ephesians 2.13, Paul said, But now in Christ Jesus, you that once were far off are brought near by the blood of Christ. I want you to think about this for a minute. In hell, there's no hope for a better day. None. You see, in eternity, every day is the same, isn't it? In Revelation chapter 20, in about verse 11, the Bible speaks of that lake of fire and brimstone. And he said, they are tormented day and night forever and ever. You know, if it, think about this for a minute. If it were only a thousand years, we could endure it. If it were only a million years, then we could tell ourselves, you know what, there's a better day coming. From the vantage point of time, a million years, what's a million years? Add another million to it. What's two million? Just add another million. What I'm trying to tell you is there is no hope for a better day, ever. How'd you like to face eternity with that prospect? No hope for a better day. No hope for a better life. The pain, the misery that you experience in this place called hell, it'll be the same today, it'll be the same tomorrow, it'll be the same the next day, and on and on and on, forever and ever and ever. Ad infinitum. And then there's a third thing you need to understand. There's no hope for a better place. I know there are some that have this idea that, you know what, God in his mercy would never send anybody to hell. Well, let me tell you what. God doesn't send people to hell. Sin takes people to hell. Hell wasn't prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, verse 41. You need to understand, this place called hell, it'll never change. You can go back and you can read the New Testament, all the figures that are used to describe hell. The weeping, the gnashing of teeth, the place where the fire is not quenched, the worm dies not, the second death, the lake of fire and brimstone. Just read the imagery and ask yourself, is this what you want in eternity? Now, whatever you're doing in life, if you're not a Christian and you've never obeyed the gospel, I want to ask you this question. Is hell worth taking a chance? Is it worth taking a chance on your lifestyle? Whatever you're doing, is it, is it worth it? Now, you may be thinking, you know what? All my friends are going there. Why not join them? 
That wasn't the attitude of the rich man in Luke 16. No, he didn't want his family members coming to that place of torment. And I can promise you that those who are in this place called torment as we speak, the Hadean realm, they don't want their friends and neighbors coming. They don't want their family members there. You don't want to go to hell because you will never be happy. You'll never have any help and you'll never have any hope. Is it worth it? You may be a child of God and you're living in sin. You're out in the world, you're partying, running around, living like a rebel. And maybe you're thinking, you know what, I'm having a ball. Maybe you are. But again, you need to understand that train's going to stop one day and when it stops and you exit that door, it's over. It's over forever. Are you willing to take that chance? Could I encourage you today to seriously contemplate your spiritual life? You may think you have time. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I know this. There are a lot of folks that are in eternity as we speak. They thought they had time to obey the gospel, and they never did. There are people that are in eternity as we speak who at one time were faithful members of the body of Christ and they're in that place without any kind of hope. You know why? Because they chose to live unfaithfully. So here's what you need to do. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, I can't impress upon you enough the importance of doing that. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, but today. We don't have a promise of tomorrow. Paul said today's the day of salvation. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. There's no other way than His way. If you're unfaithful to His cause, I want you to know God will, God will take you back into His fold. Sometimes family members and friends disappoint and there are occasions when friends and family members say, you know what, you're not welcome back here anymore. Hit the door. That's not the way God operates. No, God said if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Three reasons why you don't want to go to hell. I hope you're on the road to heaven. If not, today's your day to make a change as we stand and sing.